Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 27th of February, 2023, and this is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. And I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scotty, what was the finish like today? Because it was pretty dismal every time I was checking my markets. Yeah, look, it was a very ugly start. Let's uh, not beat around the bush. I saw some really violent selling just after the first hour of trade as Asian markets got underway. But we managed to go and claw back some of those losses, but still down 1.12% for the XJO today. That was a lot of decline we've seen come through since the first trading session of the year. So no, uh, no beating around the bush. It was a bad day. Bad day. And it was really the materials space that weighed most significantly. Uh, now, I know Fortescue is trading ex-div, but we've heard about some sort of regulation around iron ore trading coming out of China. What's the deal? Because you follow that market quite closely. Um, it's all known news. It's just when the, the actual details are going to be going presented. But we know that uh, the China's been looking to go and set up an iron ore trading company on behalf of the other largest steam mills. It was all known knowledge. And uh, now price is Sunday going to come off the boil. So, yeah, if you're paying attention, uh, not chasing the dividends, uh, well, yeah, this would have been known information. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. Because I was wondering when I saw that headline come through, um, if there was something that I had I'd sort of missed there. Um, so we are at the tail end of reporting season, but worthwhile mentioning that we did have Woodside reporting. Last I looked, shares were higher, one of the few big cap companies that were moving higher today. Um, look, it's obviously made hay while the sun has been shining in terms of energy prices. Um, but Macquarie was pretty tepid on the response, said that the dividends were good, but earnings were below its expectations. It's maintaining a neutral rating on the stock. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a very good play. I think it's a consensus play yeah. for the energy sector. Mm-hmm. I actually think energy oil prices will rebound. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be, you know, if you look at history, inflation always goes in multiple cycles. It doesn't happen one bounce and then go yep. away. So I expect another cycle. Generally, energy triggers the start of that cycle. So I'm positive on energy. I'm still, you know, I can't get my head around why I wouldn't be in Karun and why I want to look at someone else. And it doesn't stack up. And I think Woodside is good. I think the only problem is there is going to be CapEx requirements. I think you can already see prices coming off for them. So their expectations were pretty high previously. So it's going to be a bit more of a normalization. Yeah, we own Woodside in our portfolios and Karoon actually, and we've been early on both, done very well out of both of them, yeah. and I'm quite happy to hold them. I don't see them as interchangeable, I have to say, Maeth. I know where you're coming from. I share your optimism on Karoon. I think I think the upside for Karoon is extraordinary. This could be an $8 stock. If- um, anything in the commentary, anything in the share price reaction really stay in, stand out to you about that one or, you know, any of the other sort of handful of companies that we're reporting? 
not so much Woodside, but uh, my goodness, some of the declines amongst, uh, what dare I say, serial laggards were, uh, were pretty uh, amazing just in the scale of what we saw. Uh, Appin, you know, Appin comes to my mind. Looking at the lights of... Uh, yeah. Yeah, look, uh, I, I, I wrote my view today in not just Appin, but a variety of different uh, companies out there about people wanting to go and buy the dip because things are falling. And uh, Appen is just one of those poster child as to why you should not get involved in a company in a downgrade cycle because just keeps delivering terrible news. And uh, I feel for shareholders who have been holding the whole way down because it's been a long way now. Yeah, sure has been. I was reflecting back earlier today about, remember the so-called wax stocks? Uh, when we needed something to compete with the fangs, we came up with wax and Appen was in there. Boy, no more. No more at all. Now, another company that really came out and downgraded was Worley Parsons. Um, in fact, there was a really big downgrade that came through coming from Worley. So it just goes to show that, you know, anything can really happen when you've got margins under pressure, when you've got, um, you know, rising costs of of staff. I mean, we still do have some surprises coming through this reporting season. Yeah, it's uh, also begs the question a little bit about so, you know, continuous uh, disclosure obligations there and are they being adhered to? Because there's been just some of the violence in the moves we've seen, particularly to the downside this reporting season. Uh, clearly, uh, markets have been caught uh, abruptly about you know, some of the news that's come out. So interesting to go and see whether that, um, that filters through to some kind of you know, behaviour moving forward. But it, it just, it just really, that has been one of the uh, absolute... Hallmarks of this reporting season is just that some of the scales of the other downside moves post reports, yeah, just mind-bogglingly large. And my my apologies. I think I said Worley. I meant Downer. I meant Downer EDI. Apologies. So talking about losses associated with the utilities contract, um, heightened risk of water project lost from costs to storms and flooding, impacting um, completion, recent floods in the North Island and New Zealand also being listed, but um, now expecting underlying FY23 net profit after tax to be between 170 and $190 million. But that's saying... Um, assuming no further material COVID-19 weather, labor shortages, or other disruptions, and excluding restructuring costs. Like, that's a lot of caveats to that uh, that guidance provided. COVID-19 disruptions, you know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. I know how you feel about that. Um, well, look, listen, uh, when it comes to some of the other smaller companies, we've still interviewed a whole host of CEOs on the program today. I was lucky enough to speak with... Well, to start the 10 o'clock, I spoke with Philip Britt, who is the CEO of Aussie Broadband. Aussie Broadband did upgrade its guidance for earnings. It downgraded its guidance for revenue, but still talking up the margins that they've been able to achieve. Its share price was off by 0.34 of a percent. Interesting to see Kogan.com rising on that news, up by 2%, but it pre-guided the market. And Michael Hill in the retail space, I thought it was pretty vague guidance that was provided, up by 6.5%. And uh, Premium was one of the better performers today in the wake of results, which was up by 7.5%. But still seeing a lot of pain coming through for those companies that remain loss-making, you know, that remain under pressure. Um, some former, I, I guess you could say market darlings, some some pretty new listings, and that includes Airtasker, which was off today by 3.7%. Big Tin Can Holdings down by 1%. I did interview uh, the CEO on the small caps 
today. Still, you know, sticking by this fourth quarter cash flow break even target. Uh, but, you know, what else can they say? They've got to put some confines around the loss making nature of these businesses or the market will just continue to smash them. All right, Scotty, nothing really to report in terms of economic data today here locally, but we're working our way toward retail sales data tomorrow here. I had a conversation with Franklin Templeton today, Andrew Chinobi, um, and the question was, is the Aussie consumer starting to crumble? Of course, that's what the RBA is trying to achieve. I mean, I think crumble is pretty strong, but yeah, we're starting to see the impact of rising rates on the broader economy. Do you think that will be evident in the retail sales data tomorrow? Mm, I wish I could say with any certainty, it's been just wild, some of the seasonal adjustments that have come through recently. The one thing that this data will go and provide is probably a clean read over that entire festive season uh, spending patterns and might give us a better sight as to what we're likely to look at moving forward. But a lot of the uh, the, the real-time data coming through from the banks like Commonwealth Bank, ANZ have all got their real-time spending indicators all suggest that more discretionary areas of the, uh, of the market are now starting to go and get a little bit of a slowdown except for travel. Uh, so that's the other uh, one thing to take away. So maybe the market will probably look through that result. We're also going to get GDP out on Wednesday and we also get the uh, monthly inflation indicator. Unfortunately, it's the, uh, the indicator for the start of the quarter, which means that we have the least amount of information. So expect the unexpected with that one as well when it comes on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, any thoughts as to what we saw out in the US on Friday? Core PCE, we talked about this being a real flashpoint for some pressure coming through on risk assets. That's certainly what happened. You, you, you know, it's really hard to deny that the worm has turned um, as we enter March. You know, January was one-way traffic. February was most definitely the other. Um, you get the feeling that we're not starting March, and I know it's a couple days, but still, um, with any great sense of enthusiasm for risk assets. No, we saw that big list in financial conditions. Uh, a few other things in the mix as well that are maybe skewing the data a little bit to stronger outcomes in January. But this is always the risk. Uh, markets were rejoicing the end of uh, this inflation surge well before it actually happened. So we're dealing with the actual reality now of what happens when you lose in financial conditions. So the Fed uh, has now got to get the messaging right again. The markets have moved back to pricing and no cuts this year. See how long it lasts for though. But uh, it's interesting you're going to see how the markets have evolved over this point of time. And the higher the rates go at this point in time, uh, yeah, the more likelihood we'll see more turbulence, particularly in equity markets. We get U.S. durable goods orders. We get U.S. pending home sales tonight. We get the U.S. Dallas Fed Manufacturing Index. If we continue to see the strong data coming through, which we saw in housing, uh, you know, already on Friday, uh, that will make a very data-dependent Fed. Um, yeah, we'll definitely continue those speakers uh, echoing from the same same song sheet, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I wondered. The markets are already starting to float the idea that the Fed might go and revert to delivering fifties. I, I just can't see that happening. The one thing I'm looking for any particular commentary about the balance sheet and the speed of uh, quantitative tightening going through. The Fed's lagging really far behind the other uh, scheduled pace that it's supposed to be acting at, and we know that liquidity is uh, is hindering some of the transmission far from policy tightening through the real economy. So maybe that's an area that we should keep a close eye on rather than expecting the Fed to go back to 50s and whatever else they may do. Yeah, we, we don't really talk a lot about the tightening of the balance sheet. I feel like we're always on the cusp of maybe that becoming more of a feature of conversations, but it, it never really does. Maybe we'll have to put mm. it 
on the uh, on the radar ourselves more with our guests. Scuddy, speaking of guests, uh, you'll be speaking with Zerlina Zhang from Credit Sites, no doubt about the opportunities in credit in China in particular. Uh, Matthew Sherwood from Perpetual will be speaking to me about the Fed and expectations, no doubt. Um, I will be speaking with Joyce Mulakis and uh, her co-author Chris Wright for a new book that's released tomorrow on Macquarie, The Billionaire's Factory. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Um, and uh, from there, look, uh, the, the list is long. It goes on and uh, it says part and parcel, wrapping it up with Martin Crabb at Sean Parmer. But that, that's looking 24 hours out. I'm getting... I'm getting too excited about the day that's still to come. What have we missed today, Scuddy? No, Anything? Oh, cool. No, no, I don't think so. I'm always excited about Martin Crab on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's always good to go and mix a bit of macro with micro and uh, see where we come out at. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to 24 hours away. Yeah, a stalwart guest. All right, that gives you all something to look forward to. We look forward to hearing from you or uh, you seeing us, I guess, on the live stream. We're live from 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. See you, Scuddy. Ciao. Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts.